0: Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed, on purpose, because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. A lot of times I'll do my podcast on the move. On the move. No, John, your podcast isn't that urgent or sexy. On the go. I do a lot of podcast recording on the go, and uh, a lot of times in the car, and when Vanessa is with me, I take advantage of the letters after her name, her perspective, and so uh, we'll answer questions. On today's episode, uh, we are in the car, and so there's some wind noise in the background. Uh, I do roll up the windows. I apologize. It kind of feels like you're in a little bit of a tunnel, but um, we are using a portable professional microphone but uh, just being on the freeway you could hear a little bit of uh, wind noise so just wanted to apologize for that usually when I'm in the car I do it when I'm not moving so the sound quality is good anyway just letting you know thank you for listening on today's episode we're getting to uh, more of your questions and by we my partner what else should I call you
1: I don't know, it almost sounded like you didn't know my name. That's why you paused.
0: No, no, I was going to say my partner in crime, but that's lame.
1: Baby mommy?
0: Baby mama? Baby mama? Baby mama sounds like I just used you to have a child. Um, I don't know any
1: man that uses a woman to have a child.
0: <laughs> question one.
1: Um, okay, so question one. Uh, Best way to stop thinking about past partners, even if you were with them years ago?
0: So this is a great question. Uh, I'm actually writing a book about uh, this topic, breakups, and how to heal and move on. Um, First I want to say, and by the way, I love having Vanessa on because uh, we don't always agree, Uh, you know, uh, different questions to ask back and different lenses, different points of view. So uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, it's okay to reflect. It's not okay to live there, and so a lot of times when we think about our exes or other relationships we've been in, we uh, get very hard on ourselves. We attach a lot of meaning to it. It doesn't mean you want to be with that person. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know you have regret. I mean, it was obviously a big part of your life. And so uh, I think we need to be easier on ourselves when it comes to reflecting on the past. That said, I don't think we should live there, meaning it shouldn't be obsessive, you shouldn't be ruminating, you shouldn't be you know, contacting exes and stuff like that.
1: Well, can you explain more when you say you shouldn't be? I mean, what do you mean by that? Like you shouldn't be, I mean, yeah, but people do. So what do they do about that if they are? Because I think ruminating and living in the past is really common. And so I'm wondering when somebody feels like, yeah, but that's where I'm at. What would you tell them? Stop it. (laughs) Okay. Good job, therapist.
0: (laughs) Well, um, I would tell them that, uh, when you play back memories, you have to know that, um, they're distorted. So what I mean by that is, uh, our memories when we play them back we minimize and we highlight and so they're, they're actually not truth right. they're based on um, emotional imprints you know when you think back like at your childhood of you know i have a lot of fond memories of me break dancing and you know chasing girls riding my bike and all that but if i really go back to those times um they weren't always happy. There were dark times. I was also very lonely. I was very, you know, my parents were always gone. I was... So, when, but when I reflect, I, I, I just kind of need your go to the fond memories and the feelings I have that are based on um, the emotional imprints. And then when I play those back, uh, I'm also playing them back from the 12-year-old point of view, not from me as a 50-year-old man. And so when we play back memories of our exes, say, you know, when we were in our twenties or high school or whatever, we're playing them back from a different version of us. And so there's distortion there as well.
1: Yeah. So it's just really to be aware of the distortion or aware of the, um, the lenses through which you're seeing the memories and just kind of continue to remind yourself that they're not always truth. Right. Um, I would say something a therapist actually said to me a long time ago Uh, when I was in a similar state of rumination and kind of pining for somebody uh, who had been in my life many, many years prior. And I remember her actually asking me, is it the person that you miss or is it that time in your life? Is it what that person represented? Is it what that person was a part of, right? So I remember that being really kind of eye-opening for me. Because it's similarly to what you're saying, John, about like, you know, take like kind of realizing that you're seeing this person through like rose colored glasses. It really made me stop and realize that it wasn't actually just the person that I was missing. And so, in doing that kind of exercise, because I think there's a reflection exercise inherently in that question that for anybody listening and struggling with this, I would sit with that. Um, what she really had me consider and then potentially do was. Well, how do we start to recreate some of the things that were going on in our life at that time?
0: Hey, I wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series rotating wellness topics but not only lessons but what do we do with this information how do we thread this into our life so we could change our life go to the angrytherapist.com forward slash premium um if
1: possible right so number one it was like there was grief in that and it was grieving the loss of that time in life because you can never go back in time For me, it was like younger, more carefree, you know, I had a lot of friends. It was like a very specific moment for me. And so she had me compare it to where I was at now and then realize kind of the differences or what was what I felt was missing or lacking and then to kind of focus in. So, for example, I had a lot of friends at that time um, and I was just having a lot of fun. And then I remember at the moment that I was in her therapy office, I was, you know, miserable in my job. I, I just wasn't really liking where I was at in my life. And so to think about how I could bring more of that sense of freedom and aliveness and friendship back into my life and focus on that versus focus on the person was was really helpful for me.
0: Here's a great exercise. Um, every time you play back a highlight reel, also play a scene from the documentary. So you're not just playing highlight reels and then suddenly you convince yourself that, you know, someone got away or you want to re-spark something with this, this person. Uh, for example, like when I look at uh, when I was in, you know, early 30s and I was married, one memory that comes to my mind uh, is uh, my 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 uh, uh, ex-wife and, and I spotted... The spontaneity of us getting naked and jumping into a swimming pool. I, I lived at home because when you're uh, Korean, you basically live at home until you're married. And so it was my parents' house and not caring that they may see us through the window, right? So that's kind of a, like a fun, uh, carefree, very spontaneous Like a good memory, right? It's exciting. But then, on top of that, there were... Like, you know, the and is... I also uh, the 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 relationship was also very uh, codependent and and, uh, um, it was lopsided. People were talking and we were doing life kind of around each other. Uh, So there were also dark times too. So if I just play back the skinny dipping, you know, it's it's not accurate, right? Uh, That's that's just one moment. That's one afternoon. That isn't the entire relationship. So what's helpful for me? is playing back okay that like not fighting that memory that's a great memory and there were also reasons why that relationship went down and didn't work and you know all, all the things that we were going through that was uh conflict and and all of that and then and then it kind of like at the end of that it makes me feel like oh it, it gives me a clearer view of what really happened
1: yeah i mean i think in the larger context of the conversation around like on from a past relationship, I also think it's a good reframe and it's been really helpful for me to really change the way I see the endings of relationships and to use your term, this idea of it's expired, right? And when you think about something as expired, you know, like expired milk, like you're not going to drink expired milk, gross, you know? So when you think about something as in it's just run its course, which really leads to like, there's no blame in that. There's no fault in that. Like no one's wrong, no one's bad, no one's good. This person was meant to come into your life at the moment they were. What were the takeaways? Like really sitting with the relationship in in its totality and saying, what did I learn about myself? What did I learn about how I am in relationships? Uh, what will I be kind of integrating and using moving forward? Um, really looking at it as like a lesson, one lesson in, an entire life school, I think, can be really helpful because as creatures, like human beings are meaning making by nature, actually. You know, we're language-based creatures, we're storytelling-based creatures, we're meaning-making-based creatures. And so for a lot of us, we get stuck in the the grief and the emotion of things, which it's okay to be there for a while, but the eventual goal is to get to a place where you're able to reflect and make meaning from something. It doesn't matter what the experience was. Um, and when you're able to do that, it can be really powerful and it feels a little bit like a propeller uh, pushing you forward on your journey. Like, almost like, okay, now I'm ready for the next lesson in life school.
0: Yeah, I mean, what Vanessa's talking about is uh, going higher. And I think whenever we're in the trenches, whether we're talking about relationships or you know anything, regret our own story, uh, if we do go higher and try to seek meaning and connect dots of our story, uh, there's so much letting go in that. There's so much um, trusting, whether it's the universe or aliens, trees, whatever you believe in, whatever is higher for you. Um, it makes it so much easier because you know when you make sense of your story, then things did happen for a reason. And you were meant to, to get something from that exchange and that was value you know um, it wasn't the promise it was how the collision has changed two people and so the there's acceptance in that Um, if you don't go higher it's it's really hard to just there's gonna be a lot more eyes in your sentences and you're gonna think well you know it's basically I I feel like uh, there's there's gonna be a lot of suffering just in general in your life if you don't see that there are bigger things happening or if you don't see that things were, were, were met. You know There was a reason. Okay, question two. <clears throat>
1: well, I think this is good because a lot of the questions actually people submitted were all around this idea of letting go and moving on. So hopefully a lot of what we talked about covered a bunch of those questions. Um, I will say that I, there's a couple of them that also reference uh, this idea of focusing on yourself or on your healing journey or moving on or moving forward. While there's children involved, so while also raising kids, right? So how do I do that, right? So if somebody says, how to make sure I take care of myself while taking care of kids post divorce. Um, you know, any suggestion for focusing on your healing journey while also raising kids post divorce? These are a lot of common, common questions we get. Um, so my, I guess my gut or my response to the idea of raising children um, while also on this journey is, we're all on a journey, your children included, right? Um, And a lot of times I talk to parents about the importance of being genuine and authentic and allowing our children to see that version of ourselves, which means they get to see the messy parts of us, Um, especially when we're going through something major like a divorce or anything, really. I mean, this could be a death in the family. It could be, you know, a job loss, like anything major. I'm not saying allow your children to hold the stress of or be your support system during a divorce. That is very different than what I'm speaking to because that leads to parentification and codependency. Your children are not your emotional support system. I need to be very, very clear about this. As somebody who grew up the emotional support system to an adult, that has a lot of long lasting implications mentally and emotionally so if you find yourself maybe leaning on your kids uh for emotional support i hope this is kind of a a wake-up call for you that you need to lean on a therapist friends uh family members other adults right now in saying that though what i want to say going back to like the c letting them see you as a real person it's okay that our kids see us in our messy state it's okay that our kids see us you know cry or lose our temper or get frustrated or flustered as long as there's an explanation and or a repair on the other side of that because what you're teaching your children is two things one it's okay to be messy and imperfect and human and two so long as I apologize own my part and explain it after the fact um, again it's okay to be messy and imperfect right because there's ways to um apologize I kind of hold that on the other side of it
0: i think you answered my question but i was going to ask you know um and this is a great topic what is okay as far as uh being authentically you and showing the messiness and then what is irresponsible right what where is that line i also grew up in a in a family where um my dad, uh, being an alcoholic, uh, wore his uh, feelings, emotions on his sleeves, You know, kind of took everyone hostage. It's like when he was happy, everything was great, and he was such a charismatic, happy, jolly person. And then when he was sad, it was, you know, the world's over, why Why are we even here, kind of thing. Um, it was very extreme. And, you know, as a 10-year-old, you, 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 you feel all of it, you know, you kind of go on the ride with them, without choice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that the line really has to do with, um, again, am I allowing my child to see me in this while I am explaining to them what's going on? Or like I said, like, let's say in a moment of frustration, you kind of lose your shit or something. Am I apologizing for that and explaining what's going on after the fact versus kind of dumping all over my kid? right so what you're saying to me feels like dumping like no emotional boundaries no emotional awareness or containment right and so the family including children becomes the emotional containment for somebody who doesn't have their own tools to do that themselves i think the difference between that and somebody who in a moment of breakdown in a moment of being human and messy shows emotion but then explains to their child this has nothing to do with you, right? This is, you know, mommy or daddy is really sad right now. I'm going through a lot with this. I've got you. I'm still here. I'm still the grown-up. You don't need to take care of me. But it is important that you see that mommy has feelings or that daddy has feelings sometimes. I think there's a way that we can explain it to them in a, an age-appropriate manner um, that doesn't, that's not the same thing as emotional dumping, right? So for me, you know, compared to like how your dad was, my mom was single and young and broke. And so I was kind of the holder of her stress and the money stress and her emotional stress. um, But in a way that not only was she uncontained, like your dad was, where it was just like a lot of big emotions kind of all of the time, whether high or low, um, with no explanation, right? And no apologies and no ownership. But it was a lot of just expressing and dumping outward of the stress and what's going on. And, oh God, are we going to be able to make our bills this month? And are we going to be on the street? Like this kind of stuff that was very not age appropriate um, because she had no one else but me. And so she really used me as a sounding board in many ways for things that I should not have even been privy to. I was too young. Right. And that has a lot of impact. So you're right. There's a line. But I think the line has to do with that sense of emotional containment really being honest with yourself. Are you using your children as a, a security blanket? Are you using your children as an emotional support system? Um, or are you just being human sometimes? I think there's a big difference and I just think you have to be honest with yourself on kind of which one you're which one you're doing, right?
0: So the same thing kind of applies to not just your children, but your partner. Yeah, amen. But um, is there a difference? I wonder with
1: yes, our I partner,
0: do. I mean, you, you can, there's more conversation obviously with yeah. partnership.
1: No, I, I, that's a really good point, John. And honestly, I think it's exactly the same thing. Um, our partners are also, they're not our parents. Um, and they shouldn't be the holder of all of our things. Your partner is a support system. Um, but they shouldn't be the person that you dump on constantly without any sense of emotional containment yourself. Um, your partner should also not be your only support system. You need to have other friends, potentially a therapist or a coach or, you know, trusted family members or whatever. And if you don't have that and you find that your partner is the only place that you go to, to process your emotions, to dump your fears and your stressors, that really needs to be something you consider. Because I will tell you as somebody who works with couples, never, ever, ever have I seen that work out long-term because number one, you're parentifying your, your partner, which leads to a major loss of erotic charge. Like eventually it's gonna happen where the the partner feels parentified. If so facto, the sex goes away. Like you, it doesn't matter if we're talking man or woman. It's like, I can either be your parent or I can wanna fuck you, I can't do both. Um, it just It's just how it works. The other thing is it really takes ownership away from you from making sure that you are establishing a support network. Um, and only relying on one person. So I think, again, we got to be honest with ourselves and say, is that me? And if it is, what can I do to, to kind of reach out and, and start getting a, a, a broader support base?
0: On the other side of that, if you swing the other way, um, there are also people who show no, or who share no, um, emotional journey with their partners. Right. And this is, uh, the whole, like doing life around your partner. And so I do think, um, and you know, you have to decide what is, healthy because for some people it's easier um to not talk about what they're going through in their life with their partner i i think some of it is healthy in that it 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 makes you feel connected it shows you where your partner is at where you're at uh it's two people holding hands going through just going through life and i think that produces a healthy relationship glue um but i do agree that yes if you're uh, dumping if you're dumping on your partner uh, it changes the the dynamic of the relationship and of course um, it's it's not attractive
1: you know one of the people that I usually uh, recommend especially for my male clients whether in couples or individual um, Connor Beaton actually talks a lot about this about how common it is in relationships for men um to kind of use their female partners as kind of emotional dumping grounds and what that does the dynamics of the relationship and he speaks a lot to um how to well and listen i mean i'm not blaming men for this this is just how we're raised this is how men are raised right it's, it's the disconnection from emotional self. And then when they get into loving relationships, they start to explore that, but they only do it with one person who's like their female partner. And there's, you know, there's all kinds of layers to this, but anyway, he's a really good resource. If you're, if you're curious more about this dynamic in relationships, I love his content. I always kind of tell men to, to watch his stuff. Well, uh,
0: I hope that we answered your questions and uh, thank you for listening also uh, if you want to hang out with us in person uh, Vanessa and I own a little retreat house in Idlewild and we run different retreats there we run uh, I have one called miserable fucks it's kind of a adult summer camp somatic uh, co-ed retreat Vanessa and I do a couples retreat there just for couples and also Vanessa recently um, did a retreat there with um, her business partner.
1: Yeah, an all women's retreat. But our, our couples retreat is in September, uh, what is it, 8th through 10th? And so if you and your partner are looking to explore um, you know, more deeply most of the topics that we cover in the book, you, you don't have to have read the book, but we're really gonna go into the most common situations that we see coming up in couples, right? So different attachment styles, different love languages, um, the different dynamics that come up like over function or codependency, how to fight without fighting. Like we really cover the full gamut. So if you guys want a reboot, even if you're not in a bad place, but you just feel like, Hey, we need to learn some new tools or kind of perfect some tools, come hang out with us in Idlewild, California. And um, we're going to roll up our sleeves and go there
0: yeah just tap my um oh actually just go to uh tatretreats.com hope to see you soon